I'm going to spend the tonight and tomorrow night talking about right effort. It's really a, a big topic, actually. I remember Joseph Goldstein saying a long time ago uh, in one of the three-month retreats that he could explain the whole course of his practice in terms of a deepening understanding of right effort. And it's, I find it really interesting um, that we have most often, or at least a lot of the time, we have this idea that effort is a drag. It's like, and even when we are motivated to make effort, to put out the energy, it's always in this bargain kind of way, like I'll put out this effort if I get my reward at the end. So we've really painted this picture in our mind that effort is a problem. And, you know, part of it is just, uh, is this bill of goods that's sold by marketers. You know, so much of what we're being sold is like how to relax or that you should relax with a nice meal, a nice vacation, a nice this or that. And um, retiring early, being done with raising the kids, Friday night, having done all the work during the week. So we have this cultural, very deep, pervasive cultural sense of work being oppressive, effort, you know, effort is for those who haven't figured out how to go beyond effort. So, part of understanding right effort is understanding that it doesn't have to be a drag. I mean, in the deepest sense, There's nobody making effort. It's just nature. Just like wisdom does its work and concentration or samadhi does its work and joy does its work and love does its work. It's like all the different aspects of nature are just doing what they do. So on that deepest level, effort isn't a drag. It's just nature doing what it does. But on a much more basic human level, this sort of conventional self level, we are built more than anything, humans, not just humans, but animals generally, we are built to do effort. You know, we are built to do the things of life, to build things, to take things down, to get food, to, you know, all the different aspects. It's, it, It's what we're designed for. It's not a problem. It's not something to get beyond. It's like that beautiful story. There's so many nice parts of the simple story of the sort of proverbial guy who doesn't quite get it, but is very sincere, seeking the truth. Years and years in the monastery, never quite 
figuring it all out, frustrated, hears tales of a wise person up in the mountains, goes and seeks her out, searches for years and years in the mountain, finally runs into this old lady coming down the mountain with a big bundle of uh, sticks to sell, you know, for firewood in the market, and asks her about, you know, have you seen this wise person? And after a few moments, he kind of gets, oh, this is the person. And, uh, you know, bows down and asks for a teaching. And, you know, this old, ordinary-looking old lady with a bundle of branches on her back just immediately releases the bundle and crashes to the ground. And he gets it. Like, oh, that was the teaching, you know, let go. Okay, to let go. So he gets it. He has a moment of awakening. And then doubt re-arises in his mind and says, now what? And she grabs the bundle, puts it on her back, and walks into town. Which is the other lesson he got. Not to be afraid of life. Not to be afraid that life is nothing more than making effort. It's not a problem. So this is what we have to figure out. It's not like how to avoid effort, but how to come alive with effort. And this is really what right effort means. The reason we've been so burnt on effort is that we've made effort that doesn't deliver anything but exhaustion. And even worse, it not only makes us tired, but because we expected something and then it wasn't, it didn't get delivered, we feel betrayed. And it's even worse, we're betrayed by our what we consider to be our wisdom, because it was our wisdom who told us, get yourself on that retreat, you know, things will change. <laughs> and then, now you, you probably still have hope, but <laughs> in a few days, when we get a little closer to the end, all the, and it, it, we can feel betrayed. <laughs> you know, this idealistic notion that something's going to save us, a relationship, a Buddhist meditation retreat, uh, you know, a new hairstyle, you name it, <laughs> something's going to make us feel good once and for all. And then we make effort to get that, to buy that new car, to get on the retreat. To, and then what we discover is the same old self, you know, the conditioned patterns of the mind. There they are. And we feel betrayed because we clearly we had to be motivated, we had to be certain to some degree to put in the effort. So I'm not saying that Buddhist meditation retreats are invaluable. I'm just saying we can set ourselves up with this just as much as we can set ourselves up by buying a new car or getting a new haircut or a new relationship or anything else. If we approach it from the wrong view, something that will save me, something that will glorify me, something that will make me other than what I am, a conditioned phenomenon. Nothing will make us other than what we are, this conditioned mind other than what it is. So, right effort really means wise effort. We have to understand what effort means. You know, the Buddha talked about effort all the time, and I think there's some place in the, the discourses where he basically defines the whole path as a path of effort. 
And you might remember um, pretty much the first sentence of his as a Dharma teacher and the last sentence before he died as a Dharma teacher were about effort. Remember the Dhamma Chakra Sutta, setting the wheel of Dhamma in motion. Um, he talks about the middle way, right? He's, he's basically teaching about wrong effort thinking you're going to be happy by pursuing sense experience, sense pleasure, that's not the way. That's wrong effort. Thinking you're going to be happy by rejecting sense experience, making the effort to be an ascetic, in other words, that's not the way. That's not going to make you happy. It's the middle way that will make you happy. So then he talks about this other kind of effort, which is not seeking salvation from a Buddhist mindfulness retreat or from a haircut or from a new car or whatever. And it's not about thinking nothing matters, that there isn't any way to uh, support a deeper unconditional happiness, like happiness that's not about particular conditions, particular circumstances. And then in that talk, as he outlines right effort, he's talking about it in terms of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path, which is a path of developing understanding. So effort always has to do with understanding. That that effort pays off. An effort, any effort that supports the mind understanding better what it doesn't yet understand fully. That's good effort. Any effort that supports the mind understanding better what it doesn't yet fully understand. And as, uh, maybe it was Tani Sarubiku, he calls that an empowering joy. We, we, uh, Instead of feeling betrayed by our efforts, some of you have heard this story. I still, it's, it was such a poignant time in my life. Um, I went to an all-boys high school, boarding school. So when I got to college, <laughs> there were women there. And uh, and it was just, uh, you know, in that setting, it's, it's like an amazing social scene to fit into. And uh, and I just, in my normal, conditioned way, took it up with gusto and uh, was completely fried by the end of the year. Like, all that becoming energy and uh, trying to be somebody, trying to fit in, not in any sort of unusual way, like not different than other people so much, but maybe just being more sensitive. So anyway, by the end of the freshman year, I remember most people left before me. So I had an afternoon when nobody I knew was still around. And I, I just remember wandering around campus in a daze and just feeling so, I guess, betrayed and exhausted and uh, unclear, you know, like ha- having put out all this social energy, effort to become somebody, to figure out who I'm who I am and how I fit in and and just 
like what was left was of no value. That was the one clear thing. It's like I had nothing, nothing to show from it. And I had a girlfriend, you know, nice person, uh, you know, I was popular in a, in a particular kind of way and fit in well enough and, but in a deeper sense, it's like, didn't, didn't feel of any, like I had anything of value from that. And I didn't know, I didn't know what else to do. Like, I wanted, I wanted something, I knew that. And despite my best efforts, I didn't get anything. And that's such a disconcerting feeling. Like, really going for it, and ending up empty-handed. And this is not an uncommon, I mean, most people don't allow themselves to feel this, see this clearly. But I think this is a pretty common experience in life. You know, we take the family to Valley Fair. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you know, and we get home at the end of the day. And it's like, do we honestly sit there and feel the result? Like, this is what we have got from that effort. All that money, all that time. This is the net result. We don't do that after vacations, after adventures of one sort or another. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org.